Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Howdy. Happy, happy Thursday. Happy, happy almost Friday. I have to say those things because at this point in time, I have no idea what day of the week it is. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, I, I can't wake up. I just got a funny message from our pilot friend. <laughs> he is uh, being strongly suggested to leave a hotel for not wearing a mask. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, man. How are we going to, we keep going along with these people that are just naturally rebellious in their personalities. We're not going to get anywhere, man. <laughs> I wanted to start off today as we, we welcome everybody to the show. Look at this. We've got our, our chat room is filling up already. South, uh, South, Southeast Texas. Does that mean if you got any further south, southeast, you'd be in Mexico? That's uh, Blue North Wind. Blue North Wind is from South Texas. That just seems a little bit strange. He's Blue North, but from South. <laughs> We've got Wisconsin in the house and Kansas in the house. Uh, here we have Vero Beach, Florida. Uh, oh, my goodness. Where did I see that one? We are uh, Rocky Ridge, Utah. Rock Rocky Ridge, Utah. That's right. Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, Rhode Island. All these beautiful places. The beautiful America. Stafford, Virginia. Is that near where we were, JC? Are you familiar with Virginia enough to know if that's where we were? I I don't recall. Alabama joining us from Facebook. Oh, New Jersey's there. They. It's flipping up too quick on me. Alabama joining us from Facebook. El Paso, Texas. We have the greatest people that uh, join us here. Real liberty-loving patriots. And I just want to thank everybody for being with us today. Uh, as everybody's coming in and joining us, we know that we have uh, a slow time. The announcements, you said your notice just came in. Yeah. Like two minutes after we actually started the broadcast, your notice came in. I also wanted to mention to you that if you are following me on Facebook, um, Facebook is not sending out our stuff. You cannot have 84,000 people who follow you. 2,000 of them like in the last two months and only get four people who find who 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 watch, look at your posts that is absolutely has to be intentional so um i don't know so if you guys are following us on facebook if you're following us on youtube you're going to have to actually come to the page they're not going to bring it to you notice I, I just know that i am going to post at least two posts and this broadcast every single day. So if you visit us on Facebook every single day, I guarantee there will be something for you to share, some information that you need. 
and Facebook doesn't want you to have it. I just uh, had my interview with Kate Daly today. It is Kate Daly Thursday. We do 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Thursday with Kate Daly Radio. She is nationwide. She has been kicked off Facebook until December 17th, hmm. until after the count, right? Wow. So she has been told that she is not allowed to post or comment until after December 17th. Hmm. Yeah. Janet, we the people says Facebook keeps showing the same old stuff over and over again. Yeah, because because they don't want to, JC, they don't want they don't want people to see what's really, really happening. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He just texted me the cops are coming to get him from the hotel. <laughs> wow. In the state capital of Tallahassee. My our boy's gonna get arrested for not wearing a mask in the hotel. <laughs> How's he gonna fly us around with a criminal record? <laughs> Oh man. Pa- Pablo Kennedy's hitting on my wife in the chat room. Oh, he's <laughs> good job, Pablo. Way to go, Pablo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Pablo, make me blush, make you mad. <laughs> nah, it'll make me mad. Pablo has good taste, obviously. <laughs> Ample forth, coming forth with the super chat. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to God in Colorado Springs. It's obedience to God everywhere, Chris Ann. (laughs) That's funny. All right, guys. I think she's talking about our friend getting arrested in Tallahassee. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Keeping a, I'll let you keep track of, of his text coming in so you can see if we need to bail him out of jail. Keep an eye on it. So while everybody's coming in, uh, thank you, Rhonda, for praying against all those principalities coming against him. <laughs> Sorry. We have too many people that have too much fun getting in trouble. <laughs> so I wanted to bring this article to you. Speaking about people getting into trouble. JC, did you ever watch Happy Days? Did, yeah. Did you watch it like a lot when you were growing up? Yeah, I think so. I watched it a lot when we were growing yeah. up. That I, was kind of the thing. <laughs> yeah, he's, that out. Was the, he's out. He like got away from the cops. He got away from he says, drove away as the cop showed up. <laughs> so our man's on the lamb. <laughs> right. So anyway, apparently, happy days we talked about i talked about this a little bit i don't think that you maybe we did talk about this together about the princess bride doing their reunion Mm -hmm. to uh help democrat candidates do their fundraising right which a little side note i read an article today that says donald trump's campaign is nearly bankrupt he doesn't have enough money to run for president (laughs) okay so if Donald Trump doesn't have enough money to run for president, I don't see any politics. Yeah, how much does it take? Lord have mercy. <laughs> a billionaire can't can't afford to run for president. I know, right? How does that work? But but what's that say about Biden who has all of these these Hollywood lackeys running around doing 
fundraisers for him at the last minute. I mean, is that because Biden has too much money and they just want to give him more? I mean, seriously, why do you do last minute fundraisers if you have enough money to run for office? I don't get this. I have I haven't said much about this, JC. I have a whole problem with this whole fundraising to run for office thing. I think I might put all my paper thoughts on paper and mm-hmm. and get some real, you know, numerical facts down and do a show after the election about that because if poverty is a problem, if people not having health care is a problem, if people not having jobs is a problem, how much money do we actually spend? On campaigns. Yeah, right. I mean, seriously, if this is if the whole campaign is about I mean, the whole Democrat campaign is about, uh, you know, we have to lift people out of poverty and the government needs to give more people money. How much are these candidates spending billions on a campaign? Yeah, billions. How do you billions of dollars are spent on, on every election year? So, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. How do you how do you even how do people even take that kind of rhetoric we're doing this to help the people kind of rhetoric when you look at all the money they're actually spending on television ads and newspaper newspaper ads and flyers tells you how much politics pays yeah well i think it tells you how much little politicians care actually right so remember uh princess bride did their fundraiser well apparently so is happy days Happy Days is going to do a Democratic fundraiser reunion. And Scott Bayo, Chachi, says, I'm not on board. And I wanted to bring this in sort of as we wait for everybody to come in. Yeah, Scott Bayo is a pretty, uh, I mean, he's an outspoken conservative. Very outspoken conservative. Actually has his own his own podcast. Mm-hmm. He does his own podcast. I don't, uh, I actually ran across it the other day on YouTube. And he he runs his own podcast. I don't know how I can I can compete with somebody who's like a professional actor doing a podcast. But he apparently didn't pull any punches when they asked him why he was not going to be there. Yeah. So this is really kind of funny. He says, Happy Days alum Scott Baio didn't mince words about his former co-stars reuniting to raise fund for Wisconsin Democrats less than two weeks before the 2020 election. He says, I'm not on board, obviously, because I don't believe in socialism and Marxism. Yeah, pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, and it, what's what's funny, I mean, the whole article is hilarious uh, because he has a really good sense of humor. If you watch his podcast, you see that. Uh, he says, here's what I don't get. Take a show. To take a show like Happy Days that represented traditional American values, good morals, a slice of Americana, and to use that to show and those ideals to promote two people in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that condone, encourage, and foment rioting and looting is a little bizarre to me. <laughs> See, he knows what's going on, right? He's got all this going on. And uh, it's funny because, let me scroll down here. John Stamos has volunteered to play Chachi to fill in for the fact that Scott Bayo's not going to be there. And then <laughs> Scott Bayo retorts, it's good to know that Stamos is part of the Hollywood elite Marxist crowd. I think Stamos always wanted to be Chachi instead of playing second fiddle to a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? 
love that man. The guy is funny. Uh, you know, I mean, I was at, I actually had a crush on Chachi when I was a, a, a tween, <laughs> a pre-tween. <laughs> and it was just funny, but he's absolutely hilarious. Look at what he says here, JC. He says, uh, I've been whacked pillar to post for years by people who are supposed to be all inclusive and understanding and loving. They're fascists and you're not allowed to think outside of what they think. And I find it disgusting. Nice. <laughs> but Kirsten Alley, she's now yeah, Kirsty Alley. Alley yeah. Kirsty Alley is now uh, is also a very vocal conservative. Mm -hmm. She actually tweeted, I'm voting for at real Donald Trump because he's not a politician. I voted for him four years ago for this reason and shall vote for him again for this reason. He gets things done quickly and will turn the economy around quickly. There you have it, folks. There you have it. So you have, as Scott Baio accurately explains, you have a people who talk about being the all-inclusive, you know, they're just... Seriously, I don't know how we can have a better example of walking hypocrites than these people. We're all inclusive. You're not a, you're not supposed to hate, hate speech this, hate speech that, except this person, except that person. No judging, right? But if you don't fall into their ideology cart, then all of a sudden, what did what did Bayo say? We get beat from pillar to post. Mm-hmm. So welcome, everybody, to the show. I want to talk to you today. Remember, this week we have short shows for you. And I want to talk to you about the nomination appointment process. Because now I've been getting a lot of stuff, a lot of requests from people on YouTube, on social media about talking about this, JC, about the whole Senate Judiciary Committee and what is constitutional and how's this supposed to happen. And so I thought after reading this story in NBC today about how the 10 Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee threw their suckers in the dirt and wouldn't play and then got mad when the Senate Judiciary Committee conducted business without them. So I thought this was a pretty good segue. Other other news medias are carrying this, but we'll just go ahead and and talk about this particular story. So all according to NBC, all 10 Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee boycotted the vote and fill their empty seats with posters of people who rely on Obamacare. I find this very interesting. There is absolutely no indication, JC, and I don't know. Do you know this? There are no indications that, guess what? Um, this Supreme Court, even with Barrett, is going to overturn Obamacare. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, last time I checked, the Supreme Court pretty much already killed Obamacare by eliminating the mandate. So I don't know how many people remember, but when when Obamacare was first passed, your tax returns came around. You had to prove that you had Obamacare or you had to pay a $7,000 or some variation thereon of a fee, right? Well, the Supreme Court came along, got rid of the mandate, and so it doesn't matter. That's why you don't see it on your tax return anymore, because the Supreme Court said you can't mandate it. Mm -hmm. 
And so I don't know how much more it can be killed than that, other than to say it can't exist at all. But it practically doesn't exist now. Remember the doctor at the Virginia rally was talking about we've had we've had Obamacare for 10 years and nothing has changed in 10 years on the way we treat people, on the on the way people get treatment, on the treatment they have access to. Nothing has changed in the 10 years of the Obamacare that we have. So for me, this whole uh, this whole thing here where you see on the picture up here. That you these people whose lives will be affected when uh, or who rely on Obamacare, it seems to be a non-issue, really. I, I don't I don't get it. It's it to me, Obamacare is going to die anyway. So this was this was the vote that they boycotted. So the vote that they boycotted was to move the nomination out of the Senate Judiciary Committee yeah, to, to the Senate floor. Right, to report. To re right. So vote to vote for the committee report. Right. So it's 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 really interesting to me because they all they were all they were all at the hearing. Right. Right. So I, I don't know. It's kind of strange because if you think about if you look at the Senate rules, okay, so it's seven members uh, or quorum to discuss business. Right. You have to have nine members, plus you have to have at least two members of minority mm -hmm. to conduct business. So right. when they had the hearings. Right. Because we were talking about this before, like what could they do? I said, they right. and I was looking into the rules. Uh the Democrats could have actually not showed up to the hearing. Right. And according to Senate rules, it would have stopped it. Right. Exactly. Right? But the vote only needs a majority of total, total members, members right. on the committee, which mm -hmm. simply the Republicans make a majority to vote. Right. Because it's 1210. It's 1210. So the Republicans voted 12 to zero which because it was zero because the Democrats didn't show up to cast their no votes. So it's peculiar to me. It, it reminds me of the Republicans who spent so much time saying, we're going to stop Obamacare. And then when they had the chance to do it, like they made a bunch of fake votes. And then when they had, they actually had the votes, they didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to like the, what the Democrats did here. They didn't show up to the vote, which is meaningless. Had they not showed up, to the hearing, mm -hmm. they couldn't have had a hearing. So in other words, they could have, when they could have stopped it, they didn't. Now that they can't, they are pretending like they're trying to do something. So yeah. it's really interesting well, sort of political move there. What's really interesting, JC, is that the whole process is unconstitutional to begin with. Yeah. You don't, and, and this is the question I've had been getting all over is what is the Senate Judiciary's constitutional role. Now, remember, if you're going to ask a question about the Constitution, you know, you need to go to the Constitution. So here we go. We're going to go to Article 2, Section 2, Clauses 2 and 3. It says, he shall have, meaning the president, shall have the power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties. Now, the Senate to make treaties is provided two-thirds of the senators present concur. But 
shall nominate and buy in with the advice and consent of the Senate, shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers, the whole list, and judges of the Supreme Court. There's no two-thirds requirement for the appointment of a presidential nominee to the Supreme Court. It is a simple majority. Right. But in this, let's just be clear, there is absolutely no constitutional requirement for any committee hearing Correct. to actually approve. Excuse me. Bless you. But Bless. I also want to point out something to you here. And this is kind of my my go-to for all of these things that people just simply do not read their constitution uh, anymore. They don't actually read what the constitution says. And so this is Article 5. Most people know Article 5 as the means by which the Constitution is amended. But Article 5 also has a very important clause at the end, that no state without its consent shall be deprived of its equal suffrage in the Senate. Mm -hmm. So I would propose to you, as the pundits and the think tanks and all the billion dollar loyal brains get together and say, well, the necessary and proper clause says that the that the legislature, the House and the Senate can create procedures necessary and proper to fulfill their functions. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that may be so. But for this clause in Article five. How many people are in the Senate Judiciary Committee? Total, 22. That is not equal suffrage in the Senate. And when it says no state without its consent shall be deprived of equal suffrage in the Senate, that is not, a, not saying that a senator can decide not for his state to not participate. Now, when you realize how these committees are made, JC, you know how they're made. The senators don't elect each other to go in this. It's the majority leader who points and puts them all together. Mm -hmm. So what you have are 22 out of 100 that say whether someone actually gets voted on or not. Yeah. Yeah. To the extent that they they can stop that, the, that the uh, committee basically can kill. You know, it, it's I don't no, know. The it kitty seems like committee you can, can say, kill it. And it, then then yeah. the Senate doesn't what? get a vote. If our state doesn't have a member in the Senate Judiciary Committee, if yeah. we don't have two members in the Senate Judiciary Committee, our suffrage is being deprived. Yeah. And you can also say the same thing about nearly every law. I mean, the whole concept of something dying in committee. Absolutely. Means that a a small handful of legislators right. stopped the other legislators from hearing and voting on that right. issue. So, I mean, you're right. Just, just, I mean, the whole that now in as much as committees, because the idea is division of labor and, you know, it's kind of thing. So in as much as committees, uh, you know, do the markups and do, do the legwork and then, push it back into the Senate, fine. 
but the part where they say no no we're not going to let it go to the floor right where the committee right. if a committee is editing and forwarding that's fine but a, but for a handful of senators or house reps just to stop a law or a bill from being heard yeah that se that seems like that would violate that clause and it's it's disenfranchisement well not only that jc this is of all the things that the senate does Right. Especially in light of the fact that the majority of Americans actually believe that Supreme Court justices have lifetime appointments. Yeah. So of all the things that the Senate does, this is one of the most important things. And these Democrats want to, you know, hold their breath in the corner like a bunch of tantrum two year olds and not participate. If I actually, this, the behavior like this, just like I said, when Mitch McConnell, you know, did what they did, what the Republicans did when Obama was president about not uh, participating in the appointment of his pick, mm -hmm. right? This is the same. If I were a Democrat, I'd be like, you guys are a bunch of children. Why would I be associated with people who are a bunch of children like this? <laughs> Arguably one of the most important things the Senate does, and they don't even show up. But here's, again, I want us to be very clear. This Senate Judiciary Committee is not only not authorized in the Constitution, it violates Article 5 of the Constitution by creating a situation where there is no place for my senator to actually have a vote. Yeah, where where the committee where committees kill bills and stop stop. Uh, yes, you know, stop where they stop the business. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because we've had we've had committees for for a very long time, but they didn't always operate in this manner. So there's a long history of development. Uh, of House rules and Senate rules and how this stuff has come about. And, and you know, once we got to that point where you have these, you know, 10 people, 11 people on a committee basically disallowing the vote of other senators and representatives, I mean, you, you basically cease to be a representative government. So I'm going to go one step further and become really radical and tell you that the that the Senate Judiciary Committee being the only ones that are allowed to participate in the nomination uh, inquiry is unconstitutional because why shouldn't my rep Senate, my state be represented in that questioning? And somebody might say, well, if if we had 100 senators asking questions, it would go on forever. No, you no, it would not, because senators already have when the vote goes on the floor, they get a chance to speak. Everybody has an opportunity to speak when the vote on a bill goes to the floor, why couldn't this be the same way? Number one, not every senator is going to have a question. Number two, every senator that has a question doesn't need 30 stinking minutes. Of all the 36, uh, of all the 30 minutes that each member of the Judiciary Committee had, how much of that 30 minutes was actually spent legitimately asking questions of a potential Supreme Court nominee. Yeah, many of them just gave speeches, basically. Speeches. Bunch of arrogant nincompoops. Not only that, you don't even get the, the real constitutional questions. 
So it's all about, um, uh, have you ever sexually molested someone? Well, why don't you look at my criminal record, right? Why? Obviously, if you're asking me that question, all the dirt digging you did on me didn't find that. Otherwise, you'd be trotting out 16 different people in front of me to persecute me for something that I didn't do to begin with, just like in the past. So you get Chuck Schumer. I wanted to put this up here. Chuck Schumer, the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett is the most illegitimate process I have ever witnessed in the Senate and her potential confirmation will have dire, dire consequences for the Senate, for the Supreme Court and on our entire country for generations to come. There'll be bodies in the street, bodies in the street, I tell you. And so uh, here's what I wanted to talk about this process, right? He calls it illegitimate. And the funny thing is, JC, I, I agree with the illegitimacy part as far as the Senate Judiciary Committee works, but I'm pretty sure that's not what Schumer is talking about. No. Schumer is not telling us that the Senate Judiciary Committee is uh, going to um, be unconstitutional. And so what Schumer says is that they steamrolled over the Democrats, right? They steamrolled over them just like the Republican majority is steamrolled over principle, fairness, honesty, truth, and decency in their rush to confirm a justice. They said that the Republicans disregarded committee rules, JC. Uh, not that I'm aware of. They said that according. I just, I just read through that. I re, yeah. I just reread the rules. Yeah. Well, Schumer they're, says they're that, that two members of the minority must be present in order to vote anyone out of the committee. Um. Well, no. I, I can look at it again. It it says so. It says, um, nine members of the committee, including at least two members of the minority, shall constitute a quorum for the persons person of purpose of transacting uh, business. Uh, no bill, matter, or nomination shall be ordered, reported to the committee. However, unless a majority of the committee is actually present at the time such action is taken and a majority of those present support the action taken. Well, if you have a it, majority it, present, yeah, if you have all of the Republicans, then you have a majority. Right. Present. So the bill, so the, the rule says, yes, you have to have two minority present unless you have a majority present and the majority says, OK. Yeah, it's that. It, yeah, that's what it seems. That's what it seems to say. No bill, no matter or nomination shall be ordered, reported from the committee. However, unless a majority of the committee is actually present at the time such action is taken and a majority of those present support the action taken. So it's poorly I mean, I, written, but it it, it is poorly written. Just so, like everything if, if else. You, but... If you take, because those are two separate sentences, if right. you take the previous sentence as like this, the second sentence as an add-on, mm -hmm. but it, it says, however. Right. Right. Which is a contradictory. Uh, uh, Setting up an, an exception. Contradiction. Right. An Setting exception. Up, unless yeah. a majority of the committee is actually present. Um, so Because it, because the part about two, it says nine members of the committee, including at least two members of minority shall constitute a quorum for the purpose of transacting, transacting business. Um, and, and then 
in the second sentence. However, unless a majority of the committee is actually present at the time such action is taken and a majority of those present support the action. So, and, and again, this is talking about a quorum, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole idea of the quorum is what is the minimum that has right. to be here? And so here is the minimum. The minimum needs to be nine and which is seven plus two has to be the minimum, right? Two from the minority. Uh, unless a, unless unless the a minimum is not there, unless a majority of the committee is actually present. That's what the second part says. Right. So the minimum is the when you're when you're figuring the minimum number for a quorum, then you must figure in there must be two in the minority. Correct. But if you have unless more than the minimum for the quorum, yeah. if then, have, if you then that doesn't apply. If you, have a, if you have a majority of the entire committee. Right. You're not looking for you're not, you're not concerned with what is the makeup of the quorum. You're, right. You're beyond a quorum. Right. You're beyond the minimum. Yeah. Right. Which is right. That's what the word quorum is. It's the minimum. So Schumer is not understanding the writing of his rules or he's trying to play on the ignorance of the people yeah, it's, or it's, because it's poorly written. He can shift his right. way around. Maybe it. It's confusing. I mean, yeah, admittedly, it's confusing. But I as I look at it again, we just read it several times. Uh, it, it says, however, unless the majority of the committee is actually present, that seems that seems to me uh, something different than the seven plus two quorum. So here's the thing. Schumer, uh, I'm sorry, Schumer said that Lindsey Graham steamrolled over them, just like the Republican majority has steamrolled over principle, fairness, honesty and truth and decency in their rush to conform a justice. Yeah. I actually did some treat research, J.C., um, let me let me add a final statement. Okay. That, by the way, uh, so when saying when the seven plus nine, you would say, well, we didn't meet the quorum. So you can't say we didn't meet the quorum if you have a majority of right. the entire committee. Right. So, yeah, I think that kind of settles that. So Schumer says there was a rush to confirm a justice. Did you know uh, everything before Nixon? OK, I did this research. It was. The average appointment for a Supreme Court justice prior and through Nixon was a nomination to appointment within one month. I mean, the nomination was made by the president and they were sitting on the bench within a month of the nomination. Mm -hmm. So how can you claim that this is a rush when you have a whole history, Nixon backwards, where the standard average was within a month, which means there were quicker ones because there must have been longer ones, but there were quicker ones from Reagan forward, an average of two months, mm -hmm. which means there's quicker ones and there's longer ones. So this whole idea that we're rushing through this is uh, is just ridiculous it's as just as ridiculous as Kamala Harris's comment that that Lincoln refused to appoint a Supreme Court justice because he thought he wanted the people to have the choice. Right. That was a complete and utter. Lie. Yeah. Fabrication. Nothing whatsoever in evidence. And the idea that Schumer says they're rushing through it is also not uh, present in evidence because the evidence shows us that there have been others that were were appointed uh, less. He also calls it uh, the most illegitimate process I've ever witnessed in the Senate. 
And he says this because they they overrode the filibuster, right? So that's what they, well, they were trying to do that. And they're calling it illegitimate now because there is no Senate filibuster that can stop this. Now, what's interesting is, so the whole problem here is, now that it goes to the floor, the Senate rules prevent a filibuster from interfering with the appointment of a Supreme Court justice. Correct. And they're running around going, oh, the GOP, the GOP, the GOP. When in reality, in 2013, it was the Democrats that eliminated the filibuster. Exactly. And moved to the simple majority vote for federal judges. Now, the 2013 change, Democrat change of the rules didn't involve the Supreme Court, but they laid the precedent for 2017 for the Republicans to come in and take the filibuster away from the Senate and make it a simple majority as well. <laughs> right. So I'm telling you, I did my research. No. So it's like I can also tell you that there has only been one filibuster that was successful, and that was in 1968 when Lyndon Johnson wanted Abe Fortas to be the chief justice. Now, he's already on the Supreme Court, and they wanted him to be the, and Lyndon Johnson wanted him to be the chief justice. Now, Abe Fortas, this is the crazy thing that I found out. I, I love this sort of intrigue kind of stuff. Abe Fortas, the Senate filibustered his advancement to chief justice because of serious allegations of banking fraud. They didn't want him to be the chief justice. Now, they left him on the Supreme Court, but they filibustered for the first time ever, for the last time ever, this Fortis justice to be chief justice because of banking fraud. Hmm. But he got to stay on the Supreme Court. And the only uh, the only real uh, Robert Bork was the one who was voted down in yeah the Senate 42 to 58 in 1987. Yeah. So that's your history that of Supreme Court snafus, nomination snafus. So if you're going to listen to Schumer and think that, you know, this has never happened before and all of this is just outrageous and somehow the Republicans are lost their ever loving minds, it's just simply not true. You know, I'm we're liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality, right? So this is the truth. Right. And and it, and yes, it, it gets technical because that's what they're counting on. Yes. It's, it's so confusing and technical that, you know, people won't know. They won't look. They won't look for it. And, you know, it's the whole point. And yes, ample fourth quorum is a Latin word. It's, it simply means of whom. And it's just basically what's the minimum number of people you got to have to have a meeting. That's it. Right. But that's standard for any kind of meeting. I mean, they talk but, about the quorum in the yeah. debates and all that kind of stuff. But, so. it's, but if you have a majority of that body, there is no quorum discussion. No, because so the quorum the is about do we have you, enough? Yeah, well, if you have a majority, then you not only have enough right. to have a meeting, you have enough <laughs> to create a vote. Exactly. So this stuff, Schumer. You know, just somebody said grasping for straws. It's all they're doing, whining. And it's funny, like you said, they were the ones that pretty much made it this way where now there's no filibuster. It was the Democrats that did it. 
They're yeah. the reason there's no filibuster, and now they're whining about it. Yeah, in 2013, when they had a majority, it was it, it they were the ones that ended the filibuster. Right. <laughs> so so it's not about you know the democratic process and all this all this crap. They they want to get their way, you know, when they're in, and they'll flip the rules and ignore the rules and rewrite the rules all they want to to get their way. Yeah. And then as the fallout of what they did the last time when they distorted and, and changed the whole process midstream to get their way, they forgot to change it back. And now they're suffering from, from their their own actions. Law really just lawless fly by the seat of your pants corrupt actions under obama now it's come back to bite them mm -hmm. you know when they can't get their way well and you can't i mean you it, that's a bipartisan thing i mean after all yeah. it was it was uh mcconnell whose little antics when obama was president and didn't want to let him have the the chance to nominate the supreme court justice yeah. is why we're here in the first place true but even that paled in comparison to what the yeah. Democrats were doing every day, you know, when they had the controls under that administration. I mean, it's it is beyond beyond hypocritical yeah. for these Democrats, Chuck Schumer in particular, mm -hmm. to be running his mouth like he is now. The stuff they did under the Obama administration, you talk about steamrolling the opposition i mean they literally changed the rules to to just cut the republicans out of government the republicans could have could have practically gone home during the uh, the second half right after the first two years of the obama, obama administration uh, or or the first two or whatever in particularly in the senate well the house as well i mean the democrats were were out of freaking control and so really just like just like always, when you listen to the Democrats accusing the Republicans of doing something, it's something that they themselves were doing or, or have already done. Mm -hmm. So you want to know what the crime is? You don't want you want to know what the crime that Democrats are guilty of? Just listen to what they're accusing somebody else of doing and you'll find out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Donovan Jewett. Sean, you don't have to pay us a late fee, Donovan Jewett, but we are very appreciative of any help that you get. Uh, we, in, in ample forth, just coming forth and thanking Donovan himself. <laughs> we just really appreciate all your love and support. So I hope that answers everybody's question that I've been getting bombarded with this week about what is the constitutional role of the Senate Judiciary Committee on the on the the uh, nomination of a Supreme Court justice? And the answer to that is there is no constitutional role. It's actually unconstitutional, according to Article five. And then we did a little time spent, uh, explaining the filibuster and the quorum and the majority. So I think this is a pretty packed uh information packed show. Yeah, education packed show. That's a great point. Just kind of crystallized for me when when you said that think about what Schu what schumer is arguing for what he's advocating mm -hmm. is that nine the nine senators should be able to control the senate yeah. should be able to stop this nomination process yeah. while nine. while simultaneously screaming about democracy simultaneously screaming about an illegitimate process right 
right? This is the most illegitimate process. What we need are nine people, not a hundred. Who needs that stinking constitution? Yeah. We don't need equal suffrage in the Senate. We just need nine of our people nine. until it's nine of their people. And then, you know, yeah, exactly. then, it, and, then and, it's going to be a whole different story. And nine people who cannot point to a legitimate objection right. to a legitimate violation of any kind, just simply <laughs> they're not getting their way. Right. So we ought to, we ought, I mean, it's crazy. Even, even when they're not in power, they're not in the majority. So when they're in the majority, they want to run roughshod over everybody. Mm -hmm. Now they're in the minority and still think we need to be in charge. Mm -hmm. We need to dictate everything. Right. Right. Exactly. Crazy. Exactly. They're lunatics, completely freaking lunatics. Well, they're, they're, Wicked opportunists who are driven by greed and power. That's what makes them look crazy. Because moral people don't behave like this. And that's what happens. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, we got a lot of people out there watching right now. So make sure you hit that thumbs up for us right now. Share, 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 share. I'm going to do a cheerleader. Share, 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 share. And make sure you share this out there because we are being denied. Denied. So get out there and be our boots on the ground. Get this message out. How many people do you know are asking you guys this question? Do you hear this conversation happen? And in less than 30 minutes, you can answer the question for them. And that seems like a pretty easy yes on yes. Paula's question there. What's that? A conflict of interest for the husband of a sitting judge to run for county council who oversees the courts. Uh, yeah, pretty much there <laughs> would be a conflict of interest. Well, thank you guys. With this new platform, JC, I think that we should start doing a another Q&A Friday. Yeah. Do you think we could do that tomorrow? Give it a shot. All right. Let's do Q&A Friday tomorrow. So everybody who's watching, you guys can see how you, you're getting warning. Make sure you be here 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and we'll be able to uh, ask your questions right there. We'll put them up on the screen and then you'll be able to see the questions and we will answer the questions. Somebody so, said they like the shirt. This is available at GodGunsLiberty.com. GodGunsLiberty.com. So this, this, uh, this is actual the actual Russian uh, like poster of an AK-47 breakout and it's all in Russian on this shirt. There you go. What you get at GodGunsLiberty.com. Don't forget to go to... Uh, Liberty First University for your liberty education right now. Right now. Get signed up so that you can be the smartest person in the room. So Q&A tomorrow. Q&A Daily Journal. Join us tomorrow and be a part of the show. God bless you guys. We will see you next time.